Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 021. You are the light of the world. Wake up call 021. You are the light of the world. Last week, um, if you didn't catch last week's wake up call, I highly suggest that you listen to it, being the author of it. But go back and check it out if you didn't hear it. It's Matthew 513, Salty. And we're going to the next few verses after Matthew 513 and to Matthew 514 through 16. And I want to share, as I mentioned in the title, you are the light of the world. Jesus, he's teaching Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is really this long sermon. Uh, the first few verses of chapter 5 we call the Beatitudes or the, the art of being, being Christ-like. It shows the spirit of Christ and how we are blessed when we are poor in spirit, when we seek the kingdom of heaven, when we mourn with those who mourn, when we are meek, we inherit the earth, all these different attributes of a believer. And then Jesus makes a point in verse 13, as we covered last week, that you're the salt of the earth and the qualities and nature of what salt is. And this week, I want to go into Matthew 5, 14, 15, and 16 to talk about this topic of you and I, us Christians, believers, being the light of the world. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice this, the first thing that Jesus says in Matthew five fourteen is that you, me, Christians, we are the light of the world. Now, when you think about that, you think, well, now, wait a minute. Jesus is the light of the world. And it's true. John 1, in fact, I want to I read that. John 1, verse 4 and 5. This might not be as familiar as the other verse that I'm going to read right after this. But specifically in John, we see how Jesus is described as the light of the world several times. John 1, 4 says this, In him was life, Jesus, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it or overcome it. You know, that's so powerful when you think about that. When you flip on the switch for the light in a room, the light doesn't slowly come on and work its way out into the room. The light doesn't ask the darkness, darkness, could you please leave? When you flip the switch, light comes on and darkness leaves. It's the nature of light. Light overcomes darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light. And so we see that Jesus, He is, His life is the light of men. And He is the light of the world. Another time when we see that is John 8, 12. This one's probably a little bit more familiar. There's actually seven I am statements throughout the book of John. Of course, I am in the book of Exodus I think it's Exodus chapter 3, God speaks to Moses, and Moses is asking, you know, if I go back to the children of Israel, and they ask, who sent you? What am I going to say? I don't know your name. And 
God says, tell them I am that I am sent you. In Jesus, seven different times in the book of John, he uses that I am statement, that I am phrase, and he says, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. And one of those verses, one of those instances, he makes this statement, John 8, verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me, notice this, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we have in two different spots here in the book of John that when we receive Jesus, we have the light of life in us. John 1.4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 8.12, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And this is why Jesus says to you, and he's saying to me, and he's saying to everyone that believes on him, you are the light of the world. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world. But as a Christian, you've been transformed into the image of Christ. You've been made a new creation, and you are a light bearer. You are a light bearer. Just like a you could think of it this way as, well, Jesus makes this point with a candle in verse 15. If you light a lamp or a candle, he's making the point you don't cover it. You light it for the light to be seen. But a candle, you know, you could have a dozen candles and one candle's lit and it's burning. And you can take that one candle that's lit and burning and you could light a dozen other candles with it. It didn't take away from the first candle that was lit. It's still lit. It's still burning. It's still putting off light. What that light, that fire, it was able to multiply itself through all these other candles. And that's what Jesus does through, the bo- through his body, through the church, through you, through me, through the faithful. He gives us his life, which is the light of men, the light of the world. Now, the nature of light is to see and be seen. I wrote that down as... My definition, the nature of light is to see and be seen. No one flips on a light with the intentions of it not revealing what's in the dark. Simpler said, when you wake up in the morning, you flip on a, you know, the light in the bathroom or the light in the kitchen so that you can see where you're going. You know, it's summertime right now, so the sun's up a little bit sooner than normal, especially in the depth of summer, it seems like you wake up and the sun's coming up and you go to bed and, you know, the sun just sat and you go to bed. What, the sun goes goes down like 8.30 or some odd time in the summertime. It feels like the days are so longer, which they are longer. The light is longer. But when light, you flip on a switch to turn on light or you, you turn on the flashlight on your cell phone, you're doing it so that you can clearly see, so you can reveal what is not easily seen in the dark. And that's the point that Jesus is making in verse 15. No one in their right mind is going to light, in this instance, a lamp or a candle, or think of it with your your flashlight on your cell phone. You're not going to click the app, the flashlight app, the flashlight function on your cell phone with the intentions of it staying dark. You're going to tap that little flashlight so that the light comes on so you can see. You don't turn on the flashlight and then stick the phone in your pocket. It's just going to run the battery dead, and the light's not going to provide you any value. 
And in this day and age, you're not going to lamp light a lamp, an oil lamp or a candlestick, and then put a basket over it. You light the lamp and then you sit it on a table so that it will shed light throughout the entire room. And the purpose of one of the many reasons that Jesus fills you with his life, among others, this is a very important reason, he fills you with his life, which as we saw, John 1, 4, is the light of men. He fills you with his life so that you can light up the world around you for a very specific reason. It's not just, oh, you light up the world, you know, just like this warm, cuddly thought. The purpose of God and his life in filling you is so that you can light up the world which is dark so that people can see several things, how to get to Jesus. By your example and you living in submission to God, fulfilling his will in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are a bright light revealing the darkness Well, what's in the darkness? We see in Ephesians 5, it says, sin, that which is not even worth mentioning out loud, terrible sin, is done in the dark. People usually wait till nighttime to do sinful things. You usually can find any choice of sin you would like at the nighttime. Uh, It's just when, when crime happens, crime doesn't happen in broad daylight most of the time. It's usually at night. Crazy things take place at nighttime. What is it? The, some nurses I know that worked in the ER, they always, you know, they know when it's a full moon and it's midnight and a full moon because the ER fills up. Things take place in the dark that men don't, they feel the shroud of darkness, the cover of darkness makes them feel like they can't be seen. But when you are living for Jesus and you're living holy unto God, the holiness in you contrasts against the evil of this world and it reveals what is true and what's right and what's wrong and what's sinful. And Jesus is making the point here, I've lit you up. Notice that. I've lit you up like a lamp. I've set you on fire. I've turned on the light in you, not for you to be hidden, but I want you to be seen. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. The purpose of the light is, is to give light to everyone in the house. And the purpose of God filling you with His life is so that other people can see Jesus in you. Now, verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light, He's given you His light, and it's now your light. Let your light so shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Ephesians 2 tells us that we are the workmanship of Christ, the workmanship of God. We've been recreated in Christ Jesus, made a new creation for good works. We've been preordained. We've been predestined for good works. God desires us to do good works. What's good works? Whoa. Obey the word. That's good works. Whatever God says to do, do it. What he says not, don't do, don't do it. Do it from a heart of love. Do it from a desire to honor God. And when you live according to God's word and you live in submission to his word, 
it will glorify God and it will be a shining light before men, before other people. The purpose of you doing the good works is not going to save you. You're saved by faith in Christ. It's by the grace of God through faith that you're saved. But you, once you are saved, that saving power that resides in you empowers you to do good works. So let your good works, be, let your light shine by doing good works, by living the life of Christ, by doing what Jesus would do. And that will point people to Christ, and it will bring glory to God when you do what He says to do. It brings honor to the Lord. In, in thinking about what we just read, notice this, that Jesus, He's the source of the light, and we reflect it. He fills us with His life, which is the light of men. So this isn't some new age idea. We, hey, bro, everyone's got some light in them. You need to just let your light shine. No, we're talking about the life and the presence and the holiness and the power of God in filling you. It's not in everyone. I want to make that simple and clear. If you've made it this far and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to know you don't have light in you. This isn't like an, you know the universe gives us light. Jesus, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him. And He is the light of the world, which means if He is not in you, that's only leaves darkness to reside in you. You either have light or darkness in you. You either have Christ or you have evil, sin in you. You're either a child of obedience or a child of disobedience. It's that simple. It's that clear. But once you believe on Jesus, receive Him as Lord, confess Him as Lord, he fills you with His life, which is His light, the light of God. I, I wrote this down. Those whose lives exhibit the traits of Christ's teachings cannot be hidden. Commentator Warren Wiersbe, Bible teacher and commentator, he wrote that in his commentary. And I thought it was really good. Those whose lives exhibit the traits of Christ's teaching cannot be hidden. When you live to the glory of God, to honor God, and submit and yield to Him and His life and His power flowing in you, empowering you to do His will, you will not be an obscure person. You will be noticed. You will not, what you do will not be hidden. It will, sh even if you don't think people see it, even if you think you're overlooked, people see you. And they're giving glory to God. In some way, some form of fashion, God will receive His glory for you living and doing good works, living holy unto Him. And really, it comes down to this. Last week, we talked about you were salt, you know, salty. You are the salt of the earth. This, this week, we're talking about you're the light of the world. Both of these realities, it's not me, it's not my opinion. This is what Jesus point blank said about you as a Christian. Both of these truths have to do with the righteousness of God, the life of God in you working itself out. Being the light of the world, doing good works, bringing glory to God is simply the fruit, the outward fruit of an inward relationship with God. And that's what it really comes down to. 
Are you right in a right place with God? Are you living in connection with God, submitted to God, desiring to know Him more, to know Him better, to yield to Him continually, daily? And as you do, then there's an outward witness, fruit-bearing light that shines out and everyone sees it. So I want to encourage you, let the light of God that's in you shine for all to see. Direct people to Christ. Cut through the dark darkness of evil and sin that's in the world with the holiness and righteousness of good works unto God and let your light shine before all men so that you truly can bring glory to God. I know that's your desire, that's mine, because we are the faithful. I'll catch you next time. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.